And it's another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason Hayes. And this is Between Sundays. We got some serious things we're going to talk about today, Jason. But before we get into the serious, there's a video going around online. Yes, sir. Of Iron Mike Tyson. Wow. Yes. Mike Tyson now in his A 50s. huge part of our child. Well, certainly of my child. Well, I mean, I, I watched all the pay-per-views. I remember yep. going, I was young, but I remember going to my aunt and uncle. My uncle, uh, installed satellite dishes for a right. living. And so what that meant was at his house, he had every channel, every pay-per-view. Oh, that's, that's and dangerous. Never paid little, for it that scary. I'm aware of. Yeah, but. but we, uh, so, so if it was WrestleMania, if it was <laughs> boxing, if it was any kind of pay-per-view that we wanted to watch, we would go there. And I remember watching Mike Tyson in a number of fights just dominate his opponent. Now, did you play the Nintendo Mike Tyson Punch-Out yes. game quite yes, a bit? Did absolutely. you have a favorite character? Uh, like that you like to box against. I was a big fan of Mr. Sandman and okay. of course Glass Joe. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember many of the characters. Oh, but, really? Yeah. But I mean, clearly you were, uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly what, what, what I, they were calling aficionado. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. uh, I definitely enjoyed, uh, the Mike Tyson punch out. Uh, and it was a great game of my childhood. And this video that is circulating around. Mike Tyson's now 53 years of age. And it appears he can okay. still punch out. And he, uh, is, you know, coming off of, let's face it, I mean, a season where he was not in his greatest shape. <laughs> a season, yeah. 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 I mean, some would say multiple seasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he, uh, I think you were mentioning that, uh, you know, even off air that maybe he's, got, he's like in, in the, in the marijuana. Yeah. Business? He runs a, like a, Premium marijuana business. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's legal in a lot of parts right. part of the country. And, you know, then he, he, remember he had like a Broadway show or yep. maybe it was in Vegas. Yeah, like, like a one man show. Yep. Yeah. And he did that for a long time. Got and a you face tattoo. He did get a face tattoo. Yeah. You saw him for a long time and you're like, man, like this, this guy is just, um, you know, he's doing what he's doing, uh, but you don't see him as a boxer. Yeah. And then boom. All of a sudden, this video circulates, and then you start hearing interviews yeah. that are getting, you know, leaked or comments that are getting leaked from trainers, and they're talking about like he is punching like he did in his in his twenties, and you're like, oh my. Yeah. Well, and that's the oh thing. I, I heard an interview with him. It's been months ago, um, and he was he was starting to work out again. But he even said in the interview, "Look, I can't get back into training mode because when I'm boxing, and and when I was in my prime." My whole thought process was I want to hurt somebody. Right. And he said it so, so training puts me in a very dark place. Right. And, and he kind of looked at the, the interviewer and was like, and y'all know my dark place is not a good place for me to be in. Correct. And so I'm, I'm trying not to get back into that. Well, then like a few weeks later, the, a video surfaced of him at like a restaurant and some guy asking him about a punch. And so he, he was showing him a couple, Moves and it was like, whoa, he can still move. Yeah. And then this most recent video is like, oh, like he's legit training. It appears. Right. Now I don't know if he's making a plan to come back, but if they put a pay per view together right now in the midst of a quarantine with no sports going on, it would be the biggest pay per view <laughs> sales ever. No matter, I don't care who he. Fought. I would say that I would pay. I would say that you know the big Last Dance uh, documentary that's you know yes. ten hours yep. that's going out there. And I've shared with you that I was a huge Jordan fan. Sure. And yet, for whatever reason, I've just not gotten into it yet. Yeah. It's, it's not that I probably wouldn't even find interest in it or, or enjoyment out of it. 
I just haven't done it. Yeah. But it's just not felt really pressing to me. But I'm going to let you know if Mike Tyson oh comes out in yeah. boxes, it will be a priority. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will. I would spend a ridiculous amount of money to get that pay per view. I will dress up like house. Glass Joe. Yeah. from the video game and then watch it. I mean, just imagine the, the type of athlete that because even in last dance like i look at jordan who who is one of the greatest i mean i would argue the greatest basketball player of all time one of the greatest athletes of all time and you're watching him in this documentary and you're going okay he's not training like he used to clearly (laughs) uh and so even super athletes you know if you don't if you don't uh, work on your craft then, then it can go away. But looking at Mike Tyson at 53, you're like, wow. So here's a refresher for you. Uh, again, we are getting into the hard hitting yeah, stuff. This is what, if you I will. can promise you, no one thought we were going to lead with Mike Tyson yeah, today. Uh, nor are we going to talk about fictional characters <laughs> such as King Hippo, Glass Joe. I don't know if you remember any of these. Von Kaiser, Super Macho Man was tough. Okay. Yeah. He was tough. Bald Bull was very tough. Soda Popinski. I always thought Soda Popinski was a bit overrated. Yeah. What a uh, yeah. Then you had Bear Hug. I don't know. I don't remember Bear Hugger. Little Mac. Uh, you got a number of Why them. Why didn't they just have real boxers? I don't know. Why I do they, not know the Probably because they would have had to pay them. Because they <laughs> would know, uh, that some, you know, uh, let's see, in 1984, it appears the opponents were introduced, I think. Then you have Super Punch-Out. I'm looking, doing a little um, research as we speak here. And so they were thinking, you know, 20-plus years, much longer than that, 30-plus years ago, um, that a bunch of guys were going to be hanging out in a radio station talking about. (laughs) You know, that's what they were thinking. I saw something on Twitter last night, because that video is getting a lot of traction, obviously. And somebody posted, would you take, would you, uh, would you fight Mike Tyson? For four hundred million dollars, what what would your answer be? Wow, wow! Because the the question is, I mean, I don't like. I look, if you haven't trained at all, do. and you got, and, and if I got hit in the face by Mike Tyson Done. with a legit punch, finished. I'm probably you're not, not walking out of the ring. I think I would do it. Yeah. I think I would do it for this reason. Okay, so one, if there are parameters that are put on this, so yeah. so one, do can, I get to wear I, headgear? Do I get to wear headgear? Yes. Number two, does it matter if I throw a punch or not? Because that would mean that I would be engaging in the fight. Yeah, yeah. I would spend hours upon hours training just to be able to run away from yep. him as as long as yeah. I possibly could, which wouldn't be long. And then I would have to think. Truthfully, you know, like four hundred million dollars could change my family's life, and, and if I did, change a if, lot of people, and, and if lives, I didn't yeah. make it, you know, we had a good run. Yeah, uh, we had a good run. Yeah, and, I don't know uh, who would say no to that. And, yeah, and that's a, that's where we are today. Is that people ask <laughs> ask dumb questions like that? Of, this is if this you is what we've gotten. To. Would you fight Mike Tyson? Uh, and again, if you're saying would I fight him on the sidewalk? Probably not. No. Would I get in a ring with him with boxing gloves on and headgear and chest protector and, and a mouth guard and, and mouth guard things. and knee pads and like his <laughs> his right arm? I don't think you get his right arm tied in. behind his back and uh, maybe his left <laughs> arm as well tied <laughs> behind his back. Now that would I'm telling you, it, it I just love seeing uh, redemption stories. Yep. And and so if. It, it, it appears, I mean, we all know that he went through a very rough, sure. rough stage and, of life. And we don't know for sure. We, we should not, um, imply that his, 
uh, return to boxing necessarily. Right. I'm not saying like a gospel ground. redemption. Yeah, exactly. But I do love to see, uh, guys and, and girls kind of that have gone through some rough patches look as if they're starting to get back on, on a good path for health and, and with friendships and relationships. Yep. And it appears that maybe he's doing that. Now, if, if what he said in the interview I heard is true, then I'm hoping this isn't taking him very, down a very dark path that yes. he doesn't need to go down. Because if you'll remember some of the interviews back in the day, after a match or before yeah, yeah. a match, crazy. and things that he would say about people's children oh, it was <laughs> and crazy. everything, just uh, what a what an athlete. And he's got that gray beard right it now looks, that actually makes yeah. him look so much tougher. Yes. He also covers up at least a part of the face tattoo. Well, and I would say, too, when he got the face tattoo originally – was in a bad season of life. Right. Now that he's thinned up a little bit, it does look more menacing than like, yes. what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. It, it definitely looks like, oh, he, he, he's for real. And one thing he, that would be do interesting. Do you have a tattoo? I don't. Okay. So no. I, I do not have a tattoo. No, I don't. Um, and I've never really truthfully ever had a, a real interest yeah. in it. And I'm sure there's some of our listeners that think, oh, it's I've always wanted it, one. Know. I just don't know what I, I would get. I, I've never done it mostly for, Kind of the Mike Tyson variable, which right. is, you know, like, listen, man, the moment you get out of shape, mm-hmm. and it's rough. Depending on where you get it. Yeah, like, you, sure. you just do not. I mean, you know, like, I'm, I, and also I'm thinking about when I'm older, uh, not that I'm young today, but, you know, when I'm 70, do I really want, you know, that on my body? I, I just don't know. But the bigger issue, again, is, you know, like, as you said, his fate tattoo, I would never <laughs> encourage anyone, nor do I ever have any interest in. But now that he's fit, you're like, oh, it's menacing. Yeah, it looks. Previously, you're just like, what are you Man, doing? Man, that's yeah. a bad decision, bro. Well, and and uh, and that tells you what type of dude he is. That no one in his <laughs> life could go, look, man, don't do don't this. Don't do that. That's don't do mistake. this. Everybody around him is like, sure, Mike, Mr. Tyson, if that's what you want to do, we're we're 100 behind you. Sure, sure, buy that tiger. Yeah, so, have a tiger. Why not? So, in uh, other important information this week, and again, we are going to spend a couple segments on some pretty heavy stuff right. today. But let's hit a few more lighthearted things. You know, what else has really struck you as unusual or notable this week? I mean, we are between Sundays. Yeah. So what's risen up? I think for, for me, another thing that, that's been interesting was, uh, in, in terms of the sports world is watching, uh, just, just this week we saw LeBron, uh, uh, just Stephen Curry, yep. all these big time players come out and say, we're ready to play. Right. We're, we're 100% ready to play as long as everything is safe. And, and then you have the, the commissioner trying to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball is having conversations about what that looks like. They're even talking about a July 4th, which Man, would be. That is, and, and that, that would, would be a, a genius yes. PR move. Yeah, and they, they would do a, a spring training 2.0, yeah. basically, uh, or kind of mini camp 2.0, and they would start that in June and at least give them a couple-week kind of yeah. run-up, which is really smart. I mean, those sure, guys that are injured, throwing yeah. that hard cannot – uh, just do, do some it. of that stuff. You know, I mean, you've got to build your body back up into that. And so I think that's really wise. I will say, you know, I, I hope that Major League Baseball can control the narrative. Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, one of the sad things is there was just a, a number of articles that even were released this week, early this week that talked about, you know, it's going to be contract negotiations and all this other stuff. And it immediately you're like, Oh no, don't do that. Yeah. And then yesterday though, they talk about actual the actual meetings that that actually happened, not speculation what could right. happen. 
And they say that money wasn't even discussed. Right. And so I really do hope for the sake of baseball, those of you that know me, uh, you know that I have actually grown into a love for baseball. I didn't grow up playing baseball, played soccer, played basketball. I have two boys that play baseball, a third one that at least enjoys it, uh, but his primary sport are other sports, uh, soccer and basketball as well. Um, but the point is, like, I've really, like, gained this, like, affinity for baseball and really have an appreciation for the sport. And you look back, you know, however many years ago when they had their big strike and all that other stuff, and they yep. just lost thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of fans during all of that, yep. some of which never came back. And, man, I just hope they can control that narrative because it's going to be really, really seen in bad taste if it's a bunch of rich athletes arguing what, what, again, whether this is actually true or not. Sure. Uh, I understand there's all kinds of concerns. Is this going to create salary cap issues down the road? Are they going to try to take advantage of the situation? I get all that. But, man, I sure hope even if those discussions are happening, they can keep it way, way, way on the DL and control the public narrative for the sake of baseball. Yeah, even uh, Terry Francona, who who coaches the Indians, was on with Scott Van Pelt uh, this morning and said, look, one thing that we have to understand, what when we come back, the complaining, that's not going to fly. No. Uh, and, and so we can't come back and then start complaining about things that don't matter. And then so Scott was like, well, okay, well, I'll remember that when the umpire calls a – he was like, hold on, I wasn't talking about umpires. <laughs> We're definitely going to complain about umpires. But yeah, that's we're not, part of baseball. That's part of baseball. And so as we as we think about that, you know, one thing interesting about NBA is the players. I heard this this morning as well that the if they don't get back to playing soon, their next paycheck is going to be uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars less. Interesting. And so that it's interesting that that coincides with them coming out all of a sudden saying, "Hey, I think we should get back to playing." Yeah, which you and I understand. Sure. I mean, I mean I, when we decided in the midst of this quarantine season that we would continue on doing with this, this show, show. Yeah. I mean, we're like, "Listen, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars at stake." Yeah. And uh we yeah. got to go. We have to go. We'll talk more about life-changing <laughs> stuff when we come back. So that's a song that will always be a good one. That's I mean, a classic. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's that one of those that you're going to, uh, if your wedding plays music, you're probably going to hear that at the wedding yeah. reception. If uh, There's just music from back in the day. Well, I know we've had this conversation, and even when Chuck has said in, we've talked about music quite a bit. And, and there's just some songs, from not from our era, but from, right. from old days, that you're like, there'll always be oh, yeah. classics, you know, always. Yep. And, and that's, it's interesting. That one it, that's definitely one of them. So, so before we jump back into this, to this life, you know, altering show that we are hosting sure. this well, afternoon, yeah. Every- uh, you know, I, I do want to just comment. It appears, um, you know, the, what I'm seeing you wear today. Yeah. Okay. You are wearing a Hope t-shirt. I am. Uh, that is actually in conjunction with an effort that, um, that Shoreline has put um, together with DW Design, some mm-hmm. of our great friends um, who run a fantastic kind of boutique uh, store. Uh, I guess that would be the same thing. Boutique uh, clothing, apparel. My brother says boutique. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Kind of the Bearden area. Um, shout out to them. With that said, I've noticed on their social media <laughs> over the last several weeks 
or last several days, yeah. that there has been a a, yeah. a resurgence of yep. your male modeling. Career. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm exclusive to DW. Uh, there we I have a contract with them and only them. Yeah, um, right. And so and I could only imagine how lucrative it is. <laughs> an, so oca- lucrative. an occasional T-shirt. Uh, yep, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's what the contract says. Yeah, and nice. so uh, so yeah, so they they reached out the other day, and uh, of course I'm always happy to take pictures of yes. myself, and so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I went out and, uh, Don was like, Hey, I just got a few shirts that, you know, I want, I want to get you in and then we'll take pictures and, and a few turned into every shirt in the building. Uh, but yeah, I'm always grateful to help them. I and, mean, it's like every um, time I jump on social yeah. media and I'm really only on Instagram, as you know. Yeah. Um, but man, I am, I am getting, uh, <laughs> there's a heavy saturation of Andrew Wood male, yeah. male model. I just hope people look at it and, and know that it's not me. Taking selfies, <laughs> like not me going out there with my camera, and sending them pictures, and then and then DW's just sharing it. I want people to know that this is me helping. Like DW asked me to yeah. come in, so I'm not, not just like showing up at their mural and going, "Hey, yeah. take my picture." Well, I had up to this point just think I was thinking that maybe your one of your kids was super talented at <laughs> yeah. photography, and you yeah. were you were no. making them take pictures. No, of you. no, it was uh, you know, and and it's it's really interesting when you. Cause when I'm in front of a, like a camera talking, that's one thing. Yep. To, to just stand there and smile at a, at a camera for a still picture is, uh, very uncomfortable. Right. And weird. And like you have to stand certain ways that feel uncomfortable. And, but it, it, you know, it works out. And Dawn is a great editor. And so, uh, we love, we love what DW is doing and, and appreciate them and, and know that. During this, even during this quarantine time, it, it's a good opportunity to remember these small local businesses that are working hard. And so give them a shout. Yep. Uh, along with a number of other small businesses here in town because they're going to need it. Yeah, no doubt. Forward. So in our next full segment, we're actually going to talk about the Ahmad Arbery killing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's some heavy stuff associated with that. But before we jump into that in this segment, I thought we would just touch base. You know, we've really been spending so much time over the last several weeks talking about COVID. And you and I both know it is not over. Uh, you know, it is certainly not over. There's all kinds of news. In fact, just yesterday, Los Angeles County comes out My and goodness. talks about, you know, it could be potentially three months yeah. before they Which is, well, open up some safer very strong homes. Yes, exactly. About that. As, as do I. <laughs> um, but, but we've not talked about politics at all. And yeah. I know that this is like right even... down your alley, but, yeah. but really we've not just had a ton of reason to talk about politics. We have had this Biden allegation yeah. that has been raised. Any thoughts that you would just offer to us on that? I would, yeah. For me, the, you know, anytime an allegation comes up, it, you should take it serious. It's certainly when it involves a, uh, a candidate of any kind, just like when President Trump was running, uh, three years ago, four years ago, there were some allegations that came out and the media spent a lot of time on it. When Kavanaugh's name was put forth for the Supreme Court, uh, they went after him hard on uh, allegations from 30 years ago, and, and, and they did all this digging and went back to his high school people and, and all these things. And the interesting thing here is uh, you're not seeing that same effort and that same push. Uh, and, and again, look, what we're seeing and what our cable news has, has turned into uh, is – and I posted this the other day. Look, I expect uh, – hypocrite hypocrites in in partisan politics look i expect 
me to fight for my team right. more than I would fight for the other team, right. and I expect and, the other team to fight for their team. And you expect them to see things through a certain lens. I expect a right. double standard in partisan politics. Right. Right. That, there's, that doesn't surprise me at all that, that – uh, conservatives were fighting uh, for Kavanaugh and liberals were fighting against Kavanaugh right, sure. and conservatives are fighting against Biden and liberals are fighting for Biden. That doesn't surprise me. Here's the problem. When the, when the double standard reaches the halls of journalism, That's a we have a problem. Yep. And so it's one thing if you are a, uh, a, a pundit, that, a talking head pundit that, that everyone knows your position. And so if you're going to, you know, if you're a conservative commentator, obviously you're going to be on that team. If you're a liberal commentator, obviously you're going to be on that team. The problem is we have now outlets that claim to be unbiased, just doing their job. I'm just a journalist that are clearly, clearly putting a double standard in front of us. And that's the frustration is you, we have tape. Right. Like it, this isn't the age of where we can't go back and look. Like there is video evidence where you went hard after a guy and it pretty clear because he had an R beside his name. Right. And now you're not going hard after a guy because he has a D beside his name. And that's, and then you wonder why our country is so divided. That's right. why. Right. Yeah. I have, um, you know, again, I, I've probably distanced myself a bit from some I have of too. those things. I really have. You know? uh, and, and I initially, was trying to give again the benefit of the yeah. doubt, which is uh, as you and I both know, we why would we give the benefit of the doubt? I, I know that's probably the right thing to sure. do, um, but I feel like I've also been um, burnt enough times yeah. to know, hey, you can probably see uh, that motivation is being is being uh, you know at least shaped by either politics or by money on any number of issues on any number of stations or channels. Mm -hmm. And so there's that in, but I I was at least initially trying to say, I think that the emphasis is on COVID, you know, I mean, we are in major quarantine season. This is a, a, you know, a crazy once in a lifetime event. And so, so there's going to be kind of due diligence that's done in due time. And it just continued to feel like, wait, Wait, maybe it maybe it's not. And yeah. then you begin to see people again who were very, very outspoken against anything that Kavanaugh. I mean, even a a blip on um you know a, a, on, on a potential um, resume that's connected to an accusation mm-hmm. that may or may not have been true. You know, there was this huge. We have an obligation to check into this. We have an obligation to bring this before America. We have an obligation to to have hearings related to this. All these things, and then. Just a real kind of defiance to do the same. And so, um, yeah, and again, I, I understand that, uh, you know, it, it, it plays both ways. There was 100%. all kinds of people that were saying, Hey, these aren't issues. Uh, you know, when, when Trump was running yep. for presidency, oh, these aren't issues. Well, let's not think about his past. Well, you know, I, I again would say to you, let's just have equal standards. And that has not been the case. Yeah. And that's the, and that's what journalism should be. Right. Journalism should be the, uh, looking at it from an unbiased standpoint and just reporting the facts and getting down to what we need to, to find out about. And, and you know, the, the fact that the, the allegation from um, the former staff member of Joe Biden, the fact that the only interview she could get was with Megyn Kelly on a YouTube channel versus any major news outlet is yeah. insane to me. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. And so Megyn Kelly, who, who, was with Fox and then was with NBC and then was fired by, I think it was NBC, fired by NBC and now has a YouTube channel. 
um, was the and, and asked, actually asked hard questions to yep. to the uh, the person. And I thought it was interesting. Megan Kelly said, "Would you take a lie detector test?" And the the person making the allegation said. Joe Biden should take the lie detector test. If I take one, you're you're questioning the victim. I thought we were past that. And so interesting stuff as we move forward, what that's going to look like. And, and I, I think what we're going to see uh, in, from a strategy standpoint is Joe Biden's going to do less interviews moving forward as, as much as possible and, and try his best to get to the convention without having much of a blemish on his record. We'll be back. So today, as we continue the conversation, we wanted to get into a topic that, that frankly, we we actually felt like uh, silence on this issue was was not um, shouldn't be warranted. We need to speak out on this particular issue and, and and what's been going on. And if you've if you've been watching the news, if you're on social media, you've heard a lot of folks talking about the case out of Georgia where a young man was was jogging and and kind of the the narrative that we have right now was jogging. Uh, a dad and a son saw him and they thought he might be, uh, uh, he's, he's an African American jogging and the dad and son thought he looked like somebody that had broke into a house or something like that. And so they chased him down, ultimately ended up in the death of this African American and, uh, little to nothing happened until this video was leaked. And that's when the outcry occurred. And so Jason, take us to, to up to that point. Yeah. And so, um, as Andrew said, you know, we, um, we really felt a, a need to address this today, and um, I think the 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 place that I would start with is just a reminder of just how how heartbreaking this really is, you know, and that we we have to bring attention to acts of injustice and acts of hate um, that um, are rising up, and um, our hope is uh, that these are. Um, becoming less and less, uh, and um, our hope is that this is not representative of the country that our our children are going to grow up in. Um, but it is not um, accurate to to um, to do anything that seems to it, it's not accurate to do anything that would minimize the reality that that instances like this are still happening. And uh, I am I'm heartbroken over it. Uh, as again I've said multiple times over the last several days or last several shows is that you know during this COVID season I've kind of bailed a little bit out on on news, um, but this one was one um, that I'm glad uh, that that caught my eye and has done more than that. Uh, it really has. Um, it has burdened me for the sake of one, or, or maybe uh, because of one, we're reminded that every person is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Every person is made in the image of God. And any act of hatred, uh, whether it results in murder, uh, whether it results in some form of racism, whether it results in some form of discrimination, uh, is an abomination to who God is. And... Uh, God did not do what he did, uh, for, you know, uh, white, um, Southern Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus did not die for, uh, you know, um, a certain people group or a certain race. Uh, he died, was raised and resurrected, made redemption available between uh, a holy God and sinful people like you and me. 
for each and every person. And so today, um, I, I am grieved, one, by the loss of this young man. And he does have a name. You know, it's Ahmad Arbery. And, you know, we, we, we want to continue to elevate his name. We want to continue to raise up the names of those people um, that are experiencing injustice and are experiencing hatred. And, and, and yet we also want to, to grieve the idea that somehow this went 70 plus days and, and, and was not brought to justice until, um, until a video circulates mm-hmm. from a radio station. Yeah. Uh, it has been heartbreaking. Um, and, and I do understand, you know, us coming on air is simply not enough. Uh, but I will say that we are trying our best, even in this segment, to use the very small platform right. that we have just to say we're better than this. Or, 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 or man, if we are not better than this, then may we cry out to a holy God to redeem our hearts and to restore us towards something that is honoring into him and that is actually pleasing into him the way that we treat all people. This is absolutely critical. Well, and I, I think, too, you know, there's going to be some people listening to this and, and, and there's even arguments being made. And I'll say the the there's minority arguments that they're they're not in the majority. I, I've seen strong Second Amendment supporters, strong liberty supporters coming out and saying this was murder. This is not how uh, uh this is not what the citizens this is, arrest this is supposed to look this like. This is not this what is gun murder. owners are supposed to do. No. This young man was unarmed, um, had had nothing on his person as far as that looked like he stole anything or anything like that. And so, and the, they were functioning off of or, or working off of, um, you know, uh, just basically um, the 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 uh, an accusation that they actually weren't they even know. a part of. Like, yeah. so they had not seen the previous person. Break into other homes. It doesn't yep. sound like they were just going kind of what what they were hearing, and then they made a really big jump yep. uh, because it's my understanding that one person who potentially was breaking into homes was African American, and now Ahmad Arbery is African American, yep. and so then they deem that they all of a sudden have some ability to create citizens' rights, and then to chase a man down, yep. and then ultimately to begin into some altercation that would lead to him being murdered. I mean, this is. Not as you said, Second Amendment rights. No, not stuff at all. Here. And here's the thing: look, we we have a uh, we are the freest country on the planet, and and so even if, even if, and I, and I'm I'm let's just say even if that young man just broke into a home and had left that home and is now running down the road, we have no right to. Uh, to to gun con- confront down. him down, confront him and shoot him. That is why you we do not have, have a right to do that. That is why we have police departments. And so, so I have looked at this in every scenario possible from every angle and every way I look at it. The only, uh, the only result I come to is they murdered him. Right. And, and, and that's the, that's the frustrating part is you can't hide behind, well, this security footage showed this or that security. It doesn't matter. He was right. an unarmed man running down the road. You have no right to confront and shoot him. Period. Right. And well, he 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 physically attacked. 
Well, you had a shotgun pointed at him. Correct. And, and you had him blocked with a vehicle. What is he supposed to do? Correct. And so that's where we're, you can't, you can't say, well, he attacked me first when you're pointing a gun at him. Right. And you don't have a badge. You're not a cop. You're not, why should he listen to your authority when he's right. probably scared out of his mind? That's what I would have been. I'd been scared out of my mind. What am right. I supposed to do at that point? And so it is, that's been the most frustrating part is watching this. And again, the vast majority of those that are speaking out on this are doing so in support of this young man, not the other way around. And I think we need to, we need to, in a way, celebrate the fact that the voices that are coming out are from the left and from the right saying this was not okay. This is not how we should operate. And those guys should go to prison for a very long time. Yeah. And I just continue to think about, you know, our, our brothers and sisters. Um, in, in our community and, and across the nation who, 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 it is impossible to ignore this. If you're an African American mm-hmm. brother or sister, it is absolutely impossible to ignore this. And, and, and let me be very clear to say it, it should not be ignored by anyone. Right. But I'm just talking about if I'm, if I'm raising a child, um, you know, if I am, um, thinking about my own leisure, I mean, these are impossible things to simply ignore and to not um, at least wonder, like, am I at risk? Uh, and that is just heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. You and I can go down the road today and we can run and we do not have to worry about those type of circumstances. And it is an absolute injustice that anyone in our society is having to worry about that. And I'm grieved over it today. Yeah. And, and I think we, we've reached a point where so many are, are on edge. And, and so because everybody's on edge, we're quick to jump. We're, we're quick to jump for our team. We're quick to jump for, um, for a, a, an issue that we care about. And, and we, we don't listen and we just, we just jump and we just act. And, and I'm thinking, okay, this, this was a dad that, that called out to his 30 something year old son to, Hey, let's go chase him. Right. If I'm sitting with my dad. And my dad says that. Would I not look at my dad and go, what, what are you talking about? You? Right. No, we're not going to do that. Right. Oh, and, and, and look, my dad is the most pro Second Amendment, like paranoid, stay out of off my property right. guy. He would never do that because he, he's a responsible gun owner. Right. And, and that's what law enforcement is for. And so we, we have to at some point recognize that this was way out of bounds. It is not a Second Amendment issue. This is not a heart at all. Issue. Not this at is all. An absolute heart hatred injustice issue. Yeah, we we and don't I'm grieved over. Yeah, it. we we don't need vigilante justice in the freest country on the planet. Right. And 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 so uh, this is everything. Every decision that was made up to that point was a decision and a choice. Uh, that, okay, I'm going to chase them down. Okay, I'm going to pull out a weapon. Okay, I'm going to pull the trigger of that weapon. All of those were choices made. And, and the reality is everyone involved in that bears the image of God. And, and living in a post-Genesis 3 world, we know that there's brokenness abounds. And, and, and that's, the, that's the sad reality is that a yep. young man's life is gone. Uh, there are two men now that their life probably is gone because they're going to go to prison for a long time because of some terrible choices. Maybe I don't know that the history, maybe there's some some background in the way they were raised, the way they were brought up. Right. But the reality is, how are we to be good neighbors when we see things like that? And how are we to to show empathy with our African-American brothers and sisters when it's something that maybe we don't 
like firsthand understand, right. but know that they're hurting and broken right now. And I think that is, uh, you know, you, you talked about the fall and, and, and we, we, we often, and I've said it so many times on this show, but we think about fallenness as, um, you know, just like, Hey, when sin came into the world, uh, we, 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 we had more sin, like mm-hmm. sin, um, you know, just brings on more sin, but it also brought fallenness and fallenness is, and I would say, in many ways, more complex. It's more in, encompassing, and it speaks towards like generational yep. issues, like generational ignorance. It speaks towards the way people have been raised. It speaks towards things that people very well may think, "Hey, hey, this is like innate in me," and, and they don't even recognize it. Mm-hmm. And that is just grieving to me, and ultimately, it's grieving to the Father. We'll talk a little bit more back when we come back. So today, hopefully, the show has been um, a, a joy. Let's face hopefully. it, we have gone across the range. We really today. have. I mean, we started with Mike Tyson and sports, and then we went into some heavy stuff with the uh, Ahmad Aubrey story out of Georgia. And uh, and now I want to end the show by, by talking about Darren Patrick. And, and many folks listening to this may not know who Darren Patrick is, but he's a pastor. He started the Journey Church in St. Louis. He was the chaplain to the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. For me, coming up in, um, you know, in, in really getting a hold of, of my uh, kind of the ministry and the calling God had on my life, Darren Patrick, biblical manhood, church planning. I mean, the books, his sermons, his messages, Acts twenty nine, right. was just such a huge influence from afar for me. Sure. And and the news came out last week that Friday, I think it was Friday, that he. He took his life, his own yeah. life. I mean, he had four kids, beautiful wife. He he had he left the Journey Church because of some indiscretions and some leadership issues. Uh, but he is one of the few that have looked in the mirror and fixed it and, and went to counseling and and, yeah. and really was on his way back it's a picture to picture of biblical restoration. And so he was hired by a church uh, and, and he was preaching there, but really just going through the proper steps. He just recently. Uh, did an interview about pastors and loneliness and, yep. and why relationships matter. And, and to hear that news that he took his own life last week just again reiterates the, the, the reality that, that we face that even during the midst of a pandemic, that there are other people are getting diagnosed with cancer, right. that, that this young man in Georgia was, was killed, that, that murders are happening, that, that this, uh, Darren Patrick took his own life. There are other things happening outside of, this pandemic and it's just so heartbreaking to hear another pastor yep. take his own life. Yeah, and you know, I, I, excuse me, I, I had the the pleasure of meeting Darren just a couple times um, during my time with Lifeway uh, as I was doing more of the kind of conference scene mm-hmm. and and uh, traveling around and, and seeing churches and things of that sort. And uh, and Darren. Uh, you could always tell like genuinely believed what he was teaching. Um, and, and it was, as you said, really refreshing, even when he, uh, walked away, um, whether that was, um, you know, voluntarily or not from, uh, his, his original church in the St. Louis area. Um, it was really refreshing to see a guy who, who, acknowledged hey i had some leadership blind spots Mm -hmm. and they talked a lot about ego and some of that stuff and and how he treated employees or staff members and man like just for him to come out and just to talk about yeah man like i'm sinful and and you're right and and i'm grateful to god that that these things 
like were called out in my life. And, and then to see him like step into, this is a big deal. Like, so he went to Seacoast Community right. Church, uh, based in, in the Carolinas and, uh, and like to see him step into a secondary staff role yep. is like, again, super honorable in my opinion, because a lot of guys cannot step out of the number one seat, mm-hmm. you know, but like, Hey, I'm going to use the gifts that God has given me to continue to try to push the gospel forward. And if I, I step back into one side, one spot, then I'll do it in, in due time. But like, just to see that. And then again, you, you see the way that he died and, and, and you know, in fairness, there is, um, I guess still some speculation, no. you know, he was, he was at a shooting target range. A, a shooting range with a buddy. And, um, you know, they're saying it was a self-inflicted gunshot, uh, you know, uh, and, and so, um, I've not seen anything that is necessarily given 100% clarity the other way, but I think most people, even the way they're grieving, yeah. those that are closest, I think that's probably the, the most telling. Yep. Uh, in fact, Robbie Gallaty, who, um, he was Robbie Gallaty pastors Long Hollow Baptist Church in the Hendersonville, Tennessee area, which was actually our sending mm-hmm. church. Uh, and Robbie's a friend of mine. And, uh, Darren was actually scheduled to preach the next Sunday. Uh, so if he took his life on, I think maybe a Thursday, um, or, or I should say died on a Thursday, uh, you know, he was scheduled to, to, to preach. And Robbie said he had even talked to him Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and Robbie's comments, um, certainly seemed to give an indication that, you know, like this is a, re- he said things to the degree of this is a reminder yep. of, you know, how, how lonely it can be and how hard this job can be and how difficult it is to weigh some of the things that we weigh and then to to know of our own shortcomings then to try to proclaim the gospel to people and so that seems to be fairly telling and that seems to be fairly telling and not just Robbie's comments but others and so again every life matters and we are grieved over it um it's just heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking it is and and, and you know as you think about that whether you go to Shoreline or whatever church you're a part of, if you're listening to this show, pray for your pastor. Send that text. Send the email to your pastor saying, hey, just want you to know we're praying for you, especially during this time. Because right now what we have during this time is a lot of people are isolated. A lot of people are lonely. And what does that look like? And, and some tough decisions are having to be made uh, in the coming weeks and months. And so, uh, man, just lift up folks and, and pray for uh, your pastor's. Uh, pray for the, the family down in Georgia and, and what's going to come of that. And just try to be a good neighbor. Love your, love your neighbor and, uh, and love your God. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.